What's up, Conroe? Welcome to a brand new edition of Nerd Thug Sports. Right here on 104.5, 106.1, the sister stations, and we're streaming worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. As always, you can check the Facebook page, Facebook backslash, Facebook.com backslash Nerd Thug Radio. And as always, check in with um, the Facebook page, because we got all kinds of posts and fun stuff there. Hang out with little brother Nico via Anchor. How you doing, buddy? Doing all right about yourself? Uh, well, I'm Corey DLG, and I'm living the life. La Vida Loca, if you will. That's right. Um, I, I, although I do think if I was a Ricky Martin song, it might be the Cup of Life. I don't, I don't know. I don't know enough Ricky Martin songs. Um, I know at least two. <laughs> We've named both of them. <laughs> this is as far as the Ricky Martin podcast goes for Nerd Thug Radio. It's been great hearing from you guys. Talk to you later. And we out. <laughs> oh, thank God. I didn't know that we could get through another segment of that. <laughs> <laughs> That's my real voice, by the way. So like um, old man. Uh, uh, uh. Um... So it's been a it's been an interesting week of sports. There's been a lot of things happening. Um, a little bit of stuff we didn't get to because we were off last week. So we covered a little bit of that. We'll backtrack first and we'll jump back and we'll say um, Dak Prescott is down. Andy Dalton was supposed to come in. Andy Dalton then got a awesome concussion on a slide hit that should have been. Both penalized and also suspended. It was a it was a terrible hit. It really was. I don't like the Cowboys, and I think that the hit was completely inappropriate. And uh, the NFL handed down no penalty or suspension. Ooh, I love it. They, love it. They said, "Oh, what's that? You uh, sliding quarterback had his head smashed into the ground by a diving defender. That's okay." That's okay. No, no worries. Yeah, that's fine. No worries. What's that, Andy Dalton, a ten-year vet of the NFL? I think this is the first time he's ever even had a concussion. Like this was a serious hit. Let's let's violently concuss him. You know, no penalty, no penalty. Player safety, player safety. Don't exchange jerseys because you might get COVID. Concussions are approved though. Yeah, like look, it's a different medical condition. We're fine. <laughs> he doesn't have the cough. He's okay. <laughs> Yeah, because if because if he gets the COVID sickness, then we got to lose money. But if he knocks out Andy Dalton, nobody cares. Yeah, if he if he actively tries to cause brain damage, he's fine. I the hit was gross. The hit the hit's brutal. Um, there's no way it's a it's a valid hit, but I don't know, man. It is what it is. I guess like it's the world we live in, guys. Well, in Mike McCarthy the very terrible head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. He actually criticized his entire offense by saying that nobody nobody got chippy and nobody tried to start a fight or, or mess with Brian Bostick after that. Probably because they were in shock it happened in the first place. Uh, no, I actually kind of understand what he's saying. Um, the truth of the matter is kind of simple. You you want to see your guys be a little chippy when a quarterback gets hurt. You want to see your guys be a little protective. If you see a dirty hit on the field, your whole team should be reacting. I I, I don't disagree with any of that. Um, I think the bougie part of the whole conversation, though, is the idea that Mike McCarthy thinks that the Cowboys don't have heart. 
Yeah, you might want to try that one again, Chief, but okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, like Mike McCarthy, who his, he, they have, the Cowboys have just looked flat. They have looked awful. And then he's going to criticize the team. Right. And you know, the best part is that he's not going to get fired because immediately they're going to be like, oh, well, I mean, like his quarterbacks got hurt. That's uh, not his fault. I, I don't know that. I don't know that. I, I, I have a sneaking suspicion. If they give him another chance, you're right. It'll be based on the, well, you know, Dak got hurt, so it's not really my fault. Yet you are 100% correct. That will be the applied logic of that scenario. Right. Although I could be wrong. I'm definitely not doubting that for a second. Um, I just, I feel like Mike McCarthy may not make it through the season. The- Ooh. Hot take. ESPN ran a stat that says there's an 82% chance the Cowboys don't win another game all year. Oh, my God. 82%. Don't they only have, like, two wins, one win? They are 2-5 and five now. Yeah. At 2-4, and four, they led the division. At 2-5, and five, they're in third place, and Philly now leads it. Right. And then at, you know, two and five, so they got, what, nine more games? They got nine more games, and the ESPN is saying there's a good chance they lose them all. Cool. So two and 14, good record. I think if they go two and 14, Mike McCarthy gets fired. Yeah, I think so, too. I, I don't think they're going to be like, I think if they get the two, Dallas Cowboys aren't a two and fourteen organization, and they're gonna just fire him. I think if they're, I think it's two and eleven, two and twelve, they'll probably fire him early. Mike, you can go ahead Ooh. and start looking for another job. Yeah, and then another team's gonna be like, you know what? I've really been, I really been needing a a Super Bowl head coach, right? You well, think yes. Mike McCarthy's gonna say anything? <laughs> Here's the funny part: is Mike McCarthy was out of the NFL for a year, and allegedly. According to him, he was studying the change in football, analytics, aggressive offenses, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, none of that's helped him. Um, he's he's done my approach of studying. Also known as he said, you watched a YouTube video once, um, you guessed half the answers on the test, and you probably passed okay. <laughs> um. And that was probably on like hopes and prayers. Um, that's fair. One time I took a math. T- uh, this happened to me twice, and it was vastly different results. One time I took a math test where I you, you show your work and all that, right? So by the end of it, I really thought I had worked everything out a hundred percent correctly, and I was like, okay, well I nailed that test, and I got it back, and I got a hundred. I was like, yeah, of course. The, I'm a genius, the, obviously. The very next unit, same thing. Showed all my work, solved every problem, blah, 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 blah. Didn't get a single question right. <laughs> Math genius here. I was bizarrely confused by the vast differences between the same feeling. Yeah, you were like, perfect. Oh, God. <laughs> right, because... You know, when you solve for X, you solve for X. It's done. You feel really good about it. And every one of my answers was on the test. So, like, I was like, okay, nailing it. I was wrong on every – I didn't get a single answer right. But I did show my work. 
which for some reason was worth more credit than the right answers. Which is why I can never sometimes be a, I can never be a teacher. Some, sometimes it's the effort that counts. Other times it's not. This is yeah. I would say on a test, the answer is what counts. But hey, what do I know? You don't know anything about effort. True hard work, Corey. <laughs> if you show your work, that's better than being right. No, there's never been a time where that's true in my life. I don't know. I feel like that's pretty accurate in some scenarios. Like I play to be right. I don't play to. Uh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not even putting on a uniform to keep it close. Okay. I'm not here to be competitive. I'm not here to show hard work. I'm here to win. Sure thing, Bubba. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Anyway, um, yeah, I don't. I, I have a genuine. I don't think uh, I have a genuine belief. Mike McCarthy doesn't make it through this season. I think so too. If if they're if they're two and eleven and they end the season at like two and sixteen or two and two and twenty five, I'm like, yep, all right, that was pretty effing. Right. Yeah. So they go two and fourteen. Yeah, I don't think he. I don't think he's he's making it to next year. Um, and then he either stays out of the NFL or someone fires their head coach. No, he'll, he'll again. I don't think he'll be a head coach again right away. I think because the head coach coordinator of some kind, uh, he'll be a coordinator of something. Yeah, he'll be some kind of offensive coordinator, quarterback coach type situation, and have to work his way back to. I don't know, man. We don't have a head coach right now. <laughs> oh, um, uh, we've already the Texans have already like. They've already they already make me very nervous. The week after they fired Bill O'Brien, the headlines that were swirling around the Texans were for things like, okay, so the Jets head coach, Adam Gase, I believe he's won three games in two years. You know, the kind of record you want. And there were already like rumors circulating around the Texans front office that if the Jets fire him, we want to hire him to be our head coach. Uh, that is that is some backwards logic, guys. So I'm not saying that's literally the worst move possible, but I think it's up there. So we were already circling the wagons around somebody else's bad garbage. Right. Who doesn't even have a Super Bowl? <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think if he was a... I don't think he was a... I, I don't think he does. I was trying to think if he was a coordinator on one of the teams at one moment, but I don't think so. Um, Adam Gase's claim to fame is like <laughs> he was like a quote unquote decent coordinator, like a quarterback whisperer type, and he got like the best year out of Jay Cutler and Jay Cutler's whole career. Ooh. But it was still not like a, a good like <laughs> he got the best out of him. Just once, though, and that really wasn't even that impressive. Right. The like, I think Jake Cutler's best year of his career is the Adam Gase quarterback coach year, and so then from there he becomes offensive coordinator, and then from there very quickly head coach to the Jets, and then very quickly doesn't win any games, and then very quickly gets fired. They're looking real bad, and they're making weird stuff. Like they let go of Le'Veon Bell the other day. He got something like thirty-eight million dollars over. 19 weeks or 20 weeks. Awesome. Like, he played one full season and four games of this season. Sweet. And they cut him. That's some crazy talk. 
Right, considering he was, I don't know, one of like the best players in Pittsburgh. But you know, it's fine. It's yeah, like, suddenly we don't know how to use him in New York. Like, like what are we even doing? How does it? I think I think my favorite I think my favorite bad coach thing is he doesn't fit my style. <laughs> are you saying that players, no matter how talented, uh, can be bad on certain teams? Yeah. <laughs> if you don't know how to use Le'Veon Bell, like I don't know how to help you. I don't think you should be doing this, guys. Because Le'Veon Bell, he caught the ball, he ran the ball. I think once he did for Pittsburgh, he was sixty percent of their offense. Right. So. And I mean, he didn't do super hot because he didn't have anyone to back him up, like his last year there, but. It's not like he did nothing. It's because just that everyone focused him. Well, if you're, if you're, but you got to think everybody was focusing on him in Pittsburgh, like, yeah, because he was one of the few tools Pittsburgh had left. So I don't know. I just feel like, yeah, the idea though that we want to wait for the Jets to fire a guy so that we can steal him. Yeah, that's the that's that's the kind of weird politic move that I just don't understand. That's a scary one. That is a scary one. It's a scary idea. Um, yeah, because it's not going to be any better. No, well, you got to think if they like, they literally fired him, and then we're like, yeah, we'll take yeah, one of those. Yeah. Hey, hey, uh, so you're saying he's available? Yeah, he's available because we <laughs> fired him because he did a terrible job. Well, he did real bad, so he fired him. So what you're saying is that he's available. So you're saying, like, well, anybody can hire him. Like, you're not going to get mad. It's like, no, go ahead, he's terrible. <laughs> okay. As a matter of fact, if there's any way you could lock him into a really long contract so nobody has to play you ever again. Yes, please make my division easier. I, I'm convinced it's all controlled by someone who just has no idea what they're doing. <laughs> Speaking of no idea what they're doing, Antonio Brown has signed with Tampa Bay and is officially able to come off of suspension week eight. So I think they're saying of the November 7th, that weekend, he might be able to play. That's right, baby. We're bringing the dream team back that only happened for one game. In that one game, though, he did have a touchdown, I think four catches and 70 yards. Yeah. And New England won that game by, like, I think they had 45 points or something like that. Yeah, baby, the dream team. It's surprising to see Tampa Bay struggle, but it's also very surprising to see New England struggle. We're going to get into that here in a little bit. Uh, we got a lot going on here on today's uh, Nerd Thug Sports. We'll be right back. The Adventure Begins Comics, Games, and More is open on 1488 at 525 Woodland Square Boulevard. With comics, games, and everything nerd-related, The Adventure Begins is the one-stop nerd shop. On Saturdays, they alternate between having Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon. And coming up, they also have cosplay crafting and trivia nights and BYOB nights. They're currently offering a 10% discount for limited time, which will be valid for as long as you grab your books every month. Hey, Conros, it's Corey TLG of Nerd Thug Radio, hanging out here, just enjoying my quarantine time at home, and I hope everyone else is doing the same, social distancing and minding their manners and listening to the orders while we get all this health stuff, health crisis straightened out and get this pandemic under control. 
I hope everyone's doing their part to flatten the curve, but doing their part also means supporting small businesses, local businesses here in Conroe, uh, restaurants, things of that nature that have been able to stay open. They require the support of their community. So takeout uh, is a good option to do. So reach out to those places, order some takeout food if you can afford it and if it's reasonable. Uh, I'm not asking anyone to risk their health, but this, the community has always relied on the, itself to support itself. And this is one of those times where as Conroe, we can stand up together and take care of small businesses and entrepreneurs who've been taking care of us this whole time, helping Montgomery County grow into one of the fastest growing counties in all of America. Uh, thank you very much and stay safe and stay tuned for more Nerd Thug Radio. This is Rudy Townjanovich and welcome to Nerd Thug Radio. Welcome back to Nerd Thug Radio, right here on 104.5 Muscle.1, the sister stations. Hanging out here on this dreary. I'm gonna use the word dreary. Is that I'm gonna use that's I'm gonna use the word dreary Thursday afternoon. It's cold. It's cold, it's windy, it's a little wet. Uh, there's a hurricane coming in, plus it's a full moon on Halloween. Oh man, uh, extra spooky. Just stuff going on. Just stuff. It's just stuff everywhere. Um, last weekend, Cam Newton got benched after throwing his third interception in what was becoming a blowout loss for New England. Uh, they they put the kid out there. Um, I don't even know the kid's Tommy Stillward or Stills or something like that. I mean, they got nobody. I mean, rest in peace, Tom Brady. Not dead or anything, just somewhere else. <laughs> they, they just miss him real bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, what if the winner out of all of this, out of the New England-Tampa Bay whole thing, what if the winner is Jamarcus uh, or Jameis Winston? Man, you would have never seen a bigger come around from a blind man. <laughs> like, what if Jameis Winston turns around and, like, Drew Brees gets hurt week 14, Jameis Winston leads the Saints to a Super Bowl or something crazy like that, and then wins it? Like, yeah, beats I mean, Tom Brady again, or beats New England to win a Super Bowl? Right. Or beats just, them both, because Tampa's in the right. NFC. <laughs> right, beats them both, and the other one's doing terrible. <laughs> like everyone's awful and then somehow James Winston is just like I'm the real hero here tell me that wouldn't be like oh, right man, now that, that's just justice right there <laughs> so like right now him by just virtue of him being quiet not getting in trouble backing up in New Orleans and Drew B's playing well like he's in the lead <laughs> <laughs> He's doing better than we thought. Oh no, the blind man. <laughs> that story is incredible to me. That is just incredible to me. The idea that he also got LASIK this offseason so that he could see better. And that he would practice wearing goggles that he wouldn't wear in game. Yeah. That blows my mind. That's still crazy to me because it happened for so long. <laughs> And the, he was the, so bad. He clearly was bad. Like, how do you not have that conversation in practice where you just finally just ask, like, but the is thing this is vision like, related? He wasn't, 
the thing is that he really wasn't that bad, all things considered. No, no, no. Like, he, he was still 500 with great yardage, despite the fact he couldn't that's see. That's true. He did have, like, like 5,400 or 5,800 yards. His yardage was crazy. He, however, I think he, for his, for his 30 touchdowns, he also threw 30 interceptions. And it's like, yeah, no, he was like, he was 500 for sure, but his yardage was insane. Yeah, but I, I don't know that that. Look, I'm, all I'm saying is that, like, mathematically, like, if you're telling me that a guy who can't even see can do that well, imagine if he can see. <laughs> this is. This is what New Orleans was saying. This is what they were saying. They were like, you know, maybe, maybe you're the future. <laughs> they were listening to it, and they're like, you're James Winston got, got LASIK? And they're like, he can see? <laughs> and they're like, this might be worth again. investing in. Yeah. I, yeah, like, know... like he, he Super Bowl after an injured Drew Brees. Like... That is like the biggest stonks play you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> it would certainly make all of it. It would change the tune for him for sure. Yeah, they could be like, "Who's the kid?" And then it's gonna be me sitting back, <laughs> kicking my feet up, being like, "I told you guys, if he could see, he'd be awesome." <laughs> I mean, there's no denying if you can see, you're usually a better quarterback. That generally is a good rule. Like, who's a better quarterback, me or Stevie Wonder? Probably me. Right. Probably. I don't know. Stevie Wonder could probably serenade you, make you play better. <laughs> he's hearing. All he hears is the footsteps of the guy coming to tackle him, though. Right, yeah, but he's, like, the greatest, like, like just he just passes it to somebody or, like, hands it off every game. <laughs> Uh, let me put it this way. If I get out quarterbacked by a man who can't see, then I don't deserve to ever touch football again. I mean, he he does out quarterback you, which is the, the bad part. Man, you're like, you're giving it to the blind person. You're not even giving me a chance. I'm just saying you didn't throw for 5,800 yards in the NFL. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not talking about Jameis Winston. I said Stevie Wonder. Oh. An actual blind person. Well, I mean, like, again, maybe it's because it's just favoritism. I just like him more, I guess. You're going to pick Stevie Wonder over me, too? Yeah. All right. You know what, man? You know what? I see what you're doing. I see what you're doing. We're not going to do this. We're not going to do it. Pick your battles. (laughs) I choose to believe that you're wrong. Fair enough. <laughs> um, I think it'd be great, though. I do think it would be great if Jameis Winston suddenly, like, has to come in for an injured Drew Brees late in the season, and it's like, every one of these wins, we got to have them, and Jameis Winston just gets it done somehow. Um, yeah. But... Like, if that never happens, it's not like I'll be sad about it, but if no. it does happen, it's the most hype thing I've ever lived for. <laughs> that's fair that's fair I know I'm fine with that um I, uh, the NFL season is just crazy to me though uh there was talk earlier this week of the Texans potentially trading some players away to get back some draft picks to kind of start rebuild rebuild 
Um, here's the truth. There's really no one of value on this roster to trade for. Unfortunately, we've kind of put ourselves in a weird corner. <laughs> like, a lot of people were like, oh, if someone gives you a first-round pick for J.J. Watt, you take it. And it's like, no one's going to give you a first-round pick for J.J. Watt. Yeah. J.J. Watt's held together by shoelaces at this point. No one's going to give him money. And it's not like our defense is all that impressive. Right. So, and he's been on the field for the whole time. So, like, again, there's this weird idea. Like, eight years ago, J.J. Watt, maybe. Oh, oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. But now, no. Even five years ago, that J.J. Watt, he gets he gets a whole deal. Like, whatever you want for him, I'll, we'll, we'll take the guy. He's exploding through doorways left and right. Like, we want we want that guy on our team. But now, on the flip side of it, like, no. Hard yeah, pass. well, now his, now his career is, you know, coming to an end. Not that he's not a great player. It's just that his career's coming to an end. It's just over. But, uh, no, I don't think that's fair. I don't think it's over. I think it's just slowed down. And I don't think... Well, yeah. I don't think he's worth necessarily the money that we're paying him, but I think we'll gladly keep paying it as a franchise just to have him here as an ambassador. Right. Um, well, I mean, he's like the ultimate Houstonian guy. Like, right. Can like he's more important. He's optics? he's yeah. more important to us than the than like he's basically the team. Like, honestly, he in a lot of ways. In a lot of ways, but just imagine the optics of trading him away. This well, I mean, like, we literally fired our head coach because he got into it with our boy. So <laughs> that that is accurate. Like, the, what got Bill O'Brien fired? Arguing with JJ Watt. What do yeah. you want to do? Nothing. You're going to leave JJ Watt alone. Um, exactly. And that is the truth. Like <laughs> they said, you pick JJ Watt or the coach, and they're like, we're taking JJ. Do you get out of here? <laughs> <laughs> I just imagine Bill O'Brien was like, "All right, I didn't really expect that to go that way, but I, I shouldn't have expected anything less." All right, I'll see you guys later. Can you imagine Bill O'Brien walking into like the manager's office, is like him or me, and everyone in the room is just like him? Oh, that was that was an ill-placed threat. Well, I'll see you guys. I'm gonna come get my stuff. (laughs) No, no, we'll box Uh, it up and ship it to you. You're done here. Okay, I guess I'll see you guys. Um, <laughs> oh, man, I <laughs> I do kind of just love the idea that Bill O'Brien was like, "This town ain't big enough for the both of us." And they were like, "Yeah, we noticed. You got to go." Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, just gotten just got the news. You fired. This just in, Chief. Bye bye. <laughs> and he's like, "Oh wow, it really didn't." I really didn't think that happened that way. <laughs> well, <laughs> good, good luck. You don't even have a GM. <laughs> what are you gonna do without a GM? They're like, we'll, we'll figure. It's not that hard. We'll get, it's not that hard at all. We'll just have JJ pick him. It was fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> JJ, just pick who you think would make a good football player. We'll 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 bring them in. Uh, okay. <laughs> I, um, yeah, I, oh man, it's hard not to, Texans fan that was like, oh, for sure, someone trades J.J. Watt for first round pick, absolutely, but, one, it wouldn't happen, and two, 
it would look bad. It would look really bad, but also it just looks politically unfeasible, untenable. Like I just, yeah. I don't, I just don't think it's. No one's going to be willing to do that in this in the state that he's in, in the state that the Texans are in. No one's going to be like, oh, you know what? I really want this this guy. It's not going to happen. <laughs> right. Like I just don't. <sighs> he's not. He hasn't. He hasn't been healthy enough for a long time. Yeah, I mean, it, he hasn't completed a season in several years now. I believe it's three or four years in a row that his season ended early, and that's that's got to stop. Well, and I, I just don't think it is. I think he's he's gotten so many surgeries, been injured so many times. It's, you know, your body doesn't always heal to a hundred percent. You know, he's probably working with seventy to eighty percent of what he started with <laughs> at like his max. <laughs> Well, yeah, and you got to think. That, I mean, hence why I, I always I always say this. I'm like, I mean, I'm joking because I I really do like the guy, but I always say he's held together with shoelaces because like they keep stringing them back together. <laughs> like, well, and there's a, and listen as somebody who's who's suffered a long term injury that had to, that took a long time to heal and long term like hospitalization and dealing with it and all that sort of stuff. Like, your body goes through it. You like mm-hmm. your body goes through it so this idea that you don't I, I, just because you know oh well they, they cleared him from the surgery so he's good to go now well no but he's still gonna there's one thing being able to perform duties and then it's another thing to, to be JJ Watt right you know you gotta be on the field and be explosive and stop the people it's not just alright now I'm back on my feet Right, that's Those like are two that's very different things. Enough. Right. Also, he's just Mr. Houston. There's just no way around this. Like, let's yeah, just make he... it really, really clear. There's, there's no way around the idea that he is Mr. Houston. Right. Like, would I vote him to be my mayor? Absolutely. <laughs> would I think he'd be a good mayor? Absolutely. <laughs> would you vote for him as governor? Absolutely. City council member? Um, of course. Dude. If J.J. Watt ran for any political office, I'd vote for him. Senator? If he said tomorrow, I'm gonna, I'm running for presidency, I would vote for him. <laughs> you have my vote in the bag. <laughs> That's good to know. J.J. Watt's up one in the state of Texas in the 2024 elections. I'm not, he's on this one, boys. I'm just going to write his name down. Where it says, who, who do you think should be? Just write it in. J.J. Watt. Easy. <laughs> Didn't you already vote? You can't just write stuff in now. Not yet. Okay. All right. All right. Well, don't forget to vote. That's important, too. No, that is important. I've just been really lazy, and also it's, it was cold, and I was like, oh, bed's too warm. Can't leave. Trapped by bed. Must stay laying down. <laughs> I woke up and was like, darn, it's real late in the afternoon, isn't it? Well, time to go back to sleep. <laughs> Way to put in the hours, Nico. I'm proud of you. It was real integral. The bed was too cozy. <laughs> I screwed up and I put my sleep comfort to perfect. <laughs> it was my fault. It was my fault. My fault. My fault, guys. It's like the couch we used to have here. Oh, my God. I miss that couch. That couch could put anybody to sleep with just like a gentle breeze of a lullaby just rolling through your empty head. Like, that thing would knock you out. And you were always so rejuvenated. <laughs> That was a good couch. That was a good couch and a good place to wake up. That's for sure. 
Rest in peace, white couch. I don't even know what happened to it. It's just gone. <laughs> the couch of dreams. Um, <laughs> as we so in UFC, uh, we mm-hmm. mentioned last week that Conor McGregor uh, had a fight scheduled in January. Yeah. Um, uh, we're up against it. I guess we'll come back to this. Uh, I just really just wanted to talk about this quote, so I'm just gonna get it out there. Um. Khabib, the guy who beat him, the only guy who's ever beat him, mm-hmm. had a match, and originally it, it sounded like this. The, the, both these guys were getting ready for a McGregor Habib match at some point. Uh-huh. Uh Well, Habib retired after this match, which he won dominantly, and he he won on a chokehold, and he did the chokehold because he knew the fighter wouldn't tap out from watching footage of him, uh-huh. and he didn't want to hurt the kid in front of his parents. Man, he's Khabib is really something else, man. Just imagine being so confident in your fighting skills that you're not going to take what's given. You're going to shift it over and just take something totally new. He's he's really he's really something else. It's... I saw I watched a video of him calling him probably the most complete martial artist, and it's it's just incredible to watch. It's a really great analysis of him. Well, I mean, we can't can't argue it now at this point. Um, I, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, uh, to me, I'm blown away. Two things: a, he has no interest in fighting Conor McGregor. He's like, I already beat him, and I've already moved on. Next, and then b, the idea that uh, he knew how to beat this guy, and he didn't want to hurt him in front of his parents. So, like, the level of control this guy has, even when he fights somebody. Is impressive, right? Like that's a that's a pretty impressive thing to be like, oh, oh, don't want to hurt him, won't do this, but I will do this here. That's pretty impressive. It really is. He he's he's truly a remarkable person. Also, he wrestles bears, so that's pretty impressive too. Yeah, no, no doubt. He's literally he's like Zangief. <laughs> All right, we've gone over on this segment. When we come back, we're going to do a quick wrap-up of Nerd Thug Sports. We'll be right back. The Adventure Begins Comics, Games, and More is open on 1488 at 525 Woodland Square Boulevard. With comics, games, and everything nerd-related, The Adventure Begins is the one-stop nerd shop. On Saturdays, they alternate between having Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon, and coming up, they also have cosplay crafting and trivia nights and BYOB nights. They're currently offering a 10% discount for limited time, which will be valid for as long as you grab your books every month. Hey, Conros, this is Corey TLG of Nerd Thug Radio, hanging out here, just enjoying my quarantine time at home, and I hope everyone else is doing the same, social distancing and minding their manners and listening to the orders while we get all this health stuff, health crisis straightened out and get this pandemic under control. I hope everyone's doing their part to flatten the curve, but doing their part also means supporting small businesses. Local businesses here in Conroe, uh, restaurants, things of that nature that have been able to stay open, they require the support of their community. So takeouts uh, is a good option to do. So reach out to those places, order some takeout food if you can afford it and if it's reasonable. Uh, I'm not asking anyone to risk their health, but the community has always relied on itself to support itself. And this is one of those times where as Conroe, we can stand up together and take care of small businesses and entrepreneurs who have been taking care of us this whole time, helping Montgomery County grow into one of the fastest growing counties in all of America. Uh, 
Thank you very much and stay safe and stay tuned for more Nerd Thug Radio. Hi, this is Kevin Smith, former Dallas Cowboy, Texas A&M Aggie as well. And I want to say what's up to Nerd Thug Radio. Welcome back to Nerd Thug Sports, right here on 104.5, 106.1, the sister stations, and we're streaming worldwide at IrelandStar.com. Um, before we get into everything else here in this wrap-up segment of Nerd Thug Sports, Nico, go ahead and tell our friends about The Adventure Begins, comics, games, and more. The Adventure Begins, comics, games, and more is open-ended full operating hours. If you want to come inside, you got to be sure to keep that mask on. They do have table space available as well as private rooms. If you want to be a little bit more safe, they do have curbside and delivery options available. And uh, the real big news is the end of November. November 28th is our big November pre-sale for the Digimon card game. We are hosting a big tournament. Make sure to check out their website to sign up. And check out our Facebook page. We'll have sign-up links there as well. It's only limited to 20 people, so super limited seating. It's a $20 event, double elimination tournament. With some prize packs available, it's going to be a great time. So make sure to check out the Adventure Begins, Comics, Games, and more. They got all the nerd needs there out there in Conroe off of 1488. That's right. Support local and help the businesses come back from this post-corona era we live in. Um, yeah, uh, the, the Adventure Begins, Comics, Games, and more. You can buy my comic books up there. Another day at the office. And right now at the printer, as of uh, yesterday, is DMA, Department of Metahuman Affairs. So um, that'll be on the shelves there at the Adventure Begins in November. Yeah, look at that. Um, okay, so we're talking about Habib and how he didn't want to hurt a fighter in front of his parents. He then also retired in the ring post-fight, um, citing his father, who was like his trainer and a big part of his regimen, Passed away from a heart uh, from a COVID related heart issue a few months ago, and his mom basically said, "Okay, now that dad's gone, I don't want you to keep fighting." Yeah, and uh, like a real champion, he's gonna honor that and sit it down. What a true, what a true human being. <laughs> I, I think there's something about that that's fairly impressive for sure. Um, so. We, uh, I don't remember if we got a chance to touch on this or not when it happened, but Daryl Morey left the Houston Rockets. Yes. Um, allegedly, it was his choice, not Tillman Fertitis. Cool, cool. Uh, Tillman Fertitta, now, he, was, he bought the team a few years back. When he bought it, uh, Daryl Morey and Mike D'Antoni were already the GM and the head coach. This offseason, both have left the organization. You're now going to see Tillman Fertitta shape the kind of product he wants to, he wants to own. Uh, and what's going to determine that is, is what kind of uh, general manager he hires and then what kind of coach the general manager hires. Those sort of things are going to start to shape what this franchise is going to look like in the Tillman Fertitta era. Um, and it's exciting to say the least. Uh, I'm curious if he stays as hard on the analytics as the Rockets had been. Uh, Daryl Morey is a straight analytics guy. And the, the Houston Rockets became 
the franchise for data collection. And so I'm intrigued at the idea of where, where they go from here. We're just going to build the statistically best basketball team ever. Well, that's and they, they never win anything. That was, and that was where they created the – that was where they embraced the D'Antoni system. What they found was the three-pointers – even missed three-pointers are worth more points than made two-pointers if they're shot from the mid-range. Uh, you either shoot a three or you lay up or dunk it and go to the foul line. Those are the only three – those are the only four places you were allowed to shoot it, analytically speaking. Mass. And it was all based on math. All of it was based on, pers- uh, you know, if you if you make forty percent of your threes, you're actually making more points than if you make forty nine percent of your twos from the mid range. So they eliminated the worst shot in the game, basically the mid range jumper. That's so classic. It, well, in other teams still use it, obviously, but for the Rockets, if you look at their shot charts, almost no one in the Rockets shoots a two outside of the foul line, and uh, that's not an accident. <laughs> that's not an accident. That is by design for sure. Telling me math has something to do with sports? Whack. Well, and they were trying to get down to like one number, so like plus minuses became really relevant. Um, like the Rockets. The Rockets were using as much data as possible to feed their decision-making, roster-building, trading, all of those different things. And so with that being said, uh, this is the first chance to see what the Rockets are going to look like in the Tillman Fertitta era. Are they going to stay analytics-driven? I don't know. Probably not as analytical because Tillman Fertitta... um, I've only been in the same room as him once at a rodeo event. Um, I mean, there's more times than I have, unless I didn't know he was there. And I did watch his show, Billionaire Buyer. I get the vibe that he likes his gut a little bit more than he likes analytics occasionally. So I think he's going to use most of the data and keep most of the data, but then introduce more of the a bit of an element of what he thinks is right. Like gut thinking, wild card thinking, like sometimes you just got to take a chance kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you just got to take that chance. You're not going to win if you don't gamble, you know, like that kind of stuff. Right. Those kind of George Bushian type quotes. Uh, can't, can't win a pie guy if you don't go to the casino. Um, so like. Thanks, George Bush. <laughs> I really be without you. So I do think that I think there's an opportunity for real change in the organization. And one thing that got so Daryl Morey yesterday, it was announced he is now signed with the Philadelphia 76ers to be their new, uh, I think, president and GM. Ooh, fancy. Um, so immediately one of the questions became like, okay, does this mean Harden's on the move? Right. Well, I mean, maybe not. Honestly, he's so he's so he's also one of the faces of Houston, but also like I guess I should say beards of Houston. Um, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, and like statistically, if we want to lean to that aspect, he's honestly super impressive. <laughs> yeah, his ability to shoot from basically anywhere on the court and shoot aggressively and shoot well. 
Um, now, and you, you never know, like, what these things say, what kind of plans people make. Like, you don't know what the situation's going to be. Right, yeah. So, like, it's it's hard to say. Like, I would assume we'd like to keep him. But if we're trying to rebuild a team, we might just, you know, blow up our team, get a billion picks, and then just rebuild from the ground up. Man, I think it would be... The problem with trading James Harden is you're never going to feel like you've got enough value in return. He's just so good. Well, he's, he he is, first of all. I, I, what was it? Remember, do you remember two years ago when he was on that streak for, like, games over 40 points or something like that? Yeah, it was like a million. He was at, like, 90 billion games. <laughs> he scored, like, a trillion points in, like, two years. Yeah, I think it, I think it was worked out that it was, like, it had been the last time they were in the states that he had broken his finger. I don't remember. I don't. I'm trying to remember now. Like, I don't. I can't even do it now. Like, I'm trying to remember what the story was, but I don't remember now. It was. It was an insane number. Like he was. He was getting up there with like all the all the big boys with like. He was after all these crazy was records. Was thirty-five points a game. He didn't break his finger. No, now that I'm thinking about it, he averaged thirty-five points a game for. Like 40 games or something yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, like half a season. And it was because everybody else was hurt. And while he was doing it, people were criticizing. They're like, I don't know how much longer James Harden can do this. And he was doing it because they needed him to win games. Yeah. And then, and then I think when Chris Paul and the other guys, I think Chris Paul and Eric Gordon and somebody else were hurt. And then as those guys started to come back, he calmed it down. Right, but he was on the gas for a while. It was like forty. It was like thirty-five points plus. He had like forty-plus games, and he had like I think it was like twenty with like forty-plus, and then like five or six like fifty-plus games in a row. And everyone was like, "Oh my god!" It was a big deal. Yeah. Oh my god. Exactly. Like that seems like it was. It was. Now I'm thinking about it more and more. He's probably the best asset. We we have no first round picks now. Like, so him and Russell Westbrook basically have to go for this team to get any sort of movement. Right. I'm not, I'm just thinking about it now. Like I don't know, but so but anyway, because he went because Daryl Morey went to Philly. Eventually, people were like, "Oh, what if what if James Harden goes to Philly?" And so. Then it was like, oh, who would we trade for? And then, like, the thing that got mentioned was Ben Simmons and uh, I think it's Tobias Harris. And uh, Ben Simmons is, of course, this would be a massive change for us because Ben Simmons is the guy who, for his career, I think has shot, like, seven three-pointers in four seasons. Cool. Whereas we are the Rocket, we are known for the three-point shot. Like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you know, one of those classic, you know, you know, get ready, step back, behind the three-pointer, there it goes, there it is, boom. I think somebody said that Ben Simmons, like, uh, I th- that he's only taken, it was something like, he takes less than 10 shots a game from past the free-throw line, from outside Impressive. the free-throw line. Like, everything he does is inside, but he's pro- he, he's a healthy scorer, he's a good defender, He's a young, athletic kid. It'd be cool to get him in a trade, but we'd we'd wind up paying this guy four hundred million dollars over the next ten years to play basketball for us, no doubt. Yeah, no, for sure. 
Like, honestly, I, I think we go one of two ways. Either we blow up the team and we get a million picks or, or we stick what we got. But we'll see what happens. I mean, yeah. it's all... It, it won't it won't be long now because the the NBA is actually talking about a seventy two game season that starts in December. Ooh, so little time. So the draft I think was announced that it was going to be on ESPN. Uh, I think I saw November eighth, the Sunday, as the date for that. It's already happening. We're already yeah, here. It's gonna be it's gonna be like a one week draft and then like a one week free agency, like. They're going to hustle through this thing. Yeah, because they're like, all right, sports are over. Just kidding. Sports are beginning again. You guys thought wrong. Well, and the other side of it is, like, if you were one of those teams that wasn't invited to the bubble, you, yeah, you haven't played, played in, like, years. Yeah. You've just been straight chilling. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, though, I guess. Yeah, it really is awful. <laughs> there right. is one story I wanted to get into before we before we leave. Do it, do it. What do you got? Uh, so the women, one of the women's tennis teams. I don't know if you saw this story or not. Uh-uh. The uh, oh god, what's the what's the horrible college sports organization? I never. I don't want to get the letters wrong. NCAA. The NCAA uh, took away three years of their wins and one of their A10 titles. For what? Uh, this is going to be, this is going to rock your socks off. A $252 phone bill recharge due to a clerical error. Due to, so, so it wasn't supposed to get paid and it did, or the, the student was supposed yeah. to pay it back and didn't. No, it, it got paid and, but it wasn't because they weren't. So her, one of the students had a scholarship uh, that included on-campus living, but they lived off-campus, and that that on-campus space had a phone line that the college paid for but wasn't supposed to, oh, so they charged God. back the two fifty-two, and the NCAA said three years of wins and your A ten title gone. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna. Yeah, that's. <sighs> Really, really protecting your players here by revoking their championships for literally less than three hundred dollars. Well, and let's clear something up. That wasn't their fault. They still won. Yeah, no, and that's and that's what the the player said because she's like, honestly, I'm so upset right now. Like, we still won. No one's gonna take that away from me. But it's so upsetting that they're revoking our titles. Well, and it's stupid that they came after them for what is clearly. Like, if everyone involved is admitting it was a mistake. Oh, and the best part is that it was a self-reported error. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. The NCAA is literally the worst thing on the planet. They really, truly are. And, like, some of the some of this is, like, okay, if you declare for the NBA, you can come back as long as you don't hire an agent. To me, I don't see what the what does it matter if you hire an agent or not. Like all an agent does is help you market things. Like uh, it doesn't matter. They it is embarrassing. The NCAA is like one of those jobs that I would never take. And if I did, I would never tell people I worked there. Like you know how right now the people who have left the Trump administration, I read a story last year that a bunch of them are having a hard time finding work. 
So, like, Scaramucci, he was able to go back to Wall Street because they don't care. Like, they like when people are sharky and, and whatever. They're like, oh, did you get fired? And he was like, yeah. And they were like, all right. Yeah, cool. But, like, uh, Kirsten Nielsen, who was the former head of uh, ICE. I think, actually, she was, like, the head of Homeland Security and ICE is under home rec. Um, but she was, the, like, the point person on the children in cage thing. Uh, she's had a hard time getting work now that she's back in the private sector. Because a lot of people are like, uh, you work for Trump, and I don't like that. So, no, that's a no-go for me. I think the NCAA should do that to your resume. Like, like if you show up and you're like, you worked for the NCAA for three years, I don't think we can hire you. Like, it's such a sham organization that does nothing but ruin people's lives. And I used to watch Michael Wilbon of Pardon the Interruption, like complain hard about the NCAA and just tear into him. And I used to kind of wonder, like, what's his beef? But the longer I, the longer it goes and the older I get, the more I realize how full of it they are. Like, just like, I want, I want to, I want to start an anti-double <laughs> then like an, an anti an anti-firm just to like fight them at every possible footnote on the planet. Just court action everything they do. Exactly. Well, like, I'll never forget the Cam Newton story where in the middle of a season where he is clearly the best quarterback in football and he's playing for Auburn, okay? And he's having the best college football season for any quarterback since Vince Young, um, who many say is the best college quarterback ever. Um, Cam Newton, a story breaks that Ole Miss had offered Cam Newton's father 500000 and that he told him they need to up it by two hundred and fifty before he could even talk to his son about going there. And the booster wasn't able to get the cash together in time. And the booster basically said, if, if he will, if wanted 750 to talk to me, how much do you think Auburn paid him to talk to them? And it, it through investigation, it basically came out that there were, in fact, some boosters who paid the father for Cam Newton to play at Auburn. But allegedly, Cam Newton had no direct knowledge. Like, the father just told Cam, hey, I really like Auburn. I think we should go there. And Cam was like, okay, well, yeah, that sounds good. Um, and so, allegedly, Cam had no knowledge. Well, the rule book for the NCAA clearly states that the player doesn't need knowledge at all to be punished. Awesome. But they did nothing. Even in observing their own rules, they ignored their own rule. And the dad, I think, was banned from seeing the games live at Auburn. And that was the extent of it. Right. Imagine if it was that, but then they were like, yeah, but you didn't actually win any of those games and all, and your, your, your national title, gone. Well, it just blew my mind that in the rule book, it specifically says the player, if a player, if a member of the player's family solicits money, the player is ineligible to play for that school. That's the rule. So technically, ignored it. Cam Newton was ineligible playing for Auburn because they established that Auburn gave money to his dad. So that should have invalidated the whole season while it was happening. And instead, they just let it play on and they said, nah, we're good. Like, it's such a, like, Sham organization. The NCAA needs to be completely eradicated from existence. <laughs> um, 
And on that note, well, we're going to jump out on behalf of little brother Nico and myself. Same Nerd Flick time, same Nerd Flick channel. Halloween is this weekend. Everybody be safe. If you're going to make the choice to trick or treat, please try to wash your hands, social distance, hand sanitizer, masks, the whole bit. Everybody be safe. Try and let's let's do what we can to help reflatten this curve that is exploding across the country. Uh, but as always, fight the power of Black Lives Matter. Everybody be safe. Thank you very much, guys.